we are back today, and it is now February 1st as we are recording this, which means the John Bear Grease Sled Dog Marathon 2023 ended yesterday at Grand Portage Lodge and Casino, and Martha and I were there to bring you the exciting finish, I guess. Um, We are recording this now back at our office as opposed to there at site just because we were so busy taking a ton of pictures and videos it was insane this year oh yeah finish line was it was because it was a lot more well we'll get to that in a second but um i was also trying to live stream for wtip the wi-fi was cutting out the trackers weren't working it was it was like mayhem (laughs) a little bit yesterday absolutely crazy reflecting back to uh the 2022 race they had the tracker up on this nice big tv which i found out as we were leaving they also had it set up they just had it set up by the casino as opposed to where you go in and out to get to the and far over like the casino is far enough over at like an angle that it's easy to just walk right by it and not see it at all especially people checking in yep and that line there you just don't see it and they had a, a display up about um you know, the, I think the 1887 treaty rights or something. I, I can't remember the year. I'm sorry. But they had this really cool display up, but it was like basically acting as a wall separating the casino from the like restaurant lobby area, which is yeah. where we mostly were. So I didn't see it. And we kept trying to get our cell phones to refresh. My cell phone was dying because apparently when it gets cold, it just does that. And it was pretty cold this year. We saw most of the first seven Seven, teams cross. I think we missed technically one. And I got there right as she was finishing up. But we'll also get to that too. But in this episode, we're going to be rehashing how the finish line happened at the 2023 John Bear Grease Sled Dog Marathon. I'm Jay. And I'm Martha. And this is Exploring the North Shore. This podcast episode is sponsored by Cascade Vacation Rentals. They know that life has a tendency to be overwhelming at times, and busy schedules often leave people feeling overwhelmed and disconnected. That's why they're here, to offer you the space and opportunity to reconnect to what's important. Cascade Vacation Rentals has one of the largest selections of privately owned vacation rental homes and cabins on Minnesota's North Shore of Lake Superior, from Duluth to the Canadian border. Their team is there to help you and your family or small group enjoy a vacation you'll remember for years to come. Visit them online at www.cascadevacationrentals.com. Again, that's www.cascadevacationrentals.com. So the the biggest difference between, I think, 2022 and 2023 is obviously when the first person crossed the finish line. And I think a lot of that was attributed to the fact that this year's weather was essentially perfect for a sled dog marathon. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Cold temps. So on Monday, we were at Trail Center and I mean, negative 20 with wind chill. Fahrenheit. Oh, jeez. For my Canadian listeners. Yeah. (laughs) Cold. I can't brain Celsius that quickly, so this will be Fahrenheit. I can, I can go from Celsius to Fahrenheit really quickly because it's just multiply by 2 and add 30. That's but I what it can't is. Do, I cannot do Fahrenheit because I cannot For minus like 30 and divide by 2. Now, I, can't do I knew it. there was a way to calculate it that was like times it by 2 or like do yep. something. And I was like, what is it? It's a little off, like a degree or two, but it's yes, never enough to be significant. Yeah. The temperature is going to be. Oh, that's freaking brilliant so sorry canadians i will not be converting the temps for you you can you can i'm sure you're used to it 
So at the finish line on Tuesday, the temperatures were eking up quite a bit more and it was about 15 degrees above zero. It was but, way nicer. Yeah. But it didn't really, it, it started off cold below zero in the morning and even in the early afternoon. It wasn't until we were heading up there that it kind of was like, oh, look, it's actually getting warm-ish. So the temperatures remained below zero for most of the race, which the dogs loved. I don't know how the mushers felt about it. None of them seemed that cold when they crossed right? the finish line. When the so. first person came through, I would have expected like the snow on the beard, like the dogs. They looked like they just were perfectly fine, like nothing like oh, it's like it's not winter outside yeah. and it wasn't like negative 50 and it wasn't 35 degrees you know there that's kind of the range we get in the winter and they just managed to plop this race right in the best temperatures possible mm -hmm. which meant faster paces and it meant a much earlier finish time much which earlier. much earlier <laughs> we're talking an hour and a half and As we said we were originally going to go out there at three three yep and then I get a message, okay, we're going to leave sooner. And I'm like, okay. And you're like, can you be ready right now? And I'm like, oh my God, okay, I'll get my layers on. So how my day went is I kept tracking everything, like everybody going into Mineral Center, which is the last checkpoint before the finish line. And it still said that the, you know, the two first place teams, which were uh, Ryan Anderson and Keith Eiley, they kept switching positions throughout the morning and kind of arrived into mineral center roughly the same time i think keith was ahead but uh it's it still had both keith and ryan crossing the finish line around 5 p.m so i was like great let's go up at four we'll get up there at 4 45 we'll have plenty of time to kind of or get i'm sorry go up there at three arrive at 3 45 have plenty of time to kind of relax maybe grab some food and then be there when the person crosses and not be rushing because last year we did rush a little bit yeah we got there five minutes right in time like we got there we got outside we found our spot and then the person came right through yep that was ryan last year perfect timing. perfect timing this year we did actually get there about 10 minutes early but that's because we were like booking it we we're like we gotta go we gotta go right now we're hauling ass <laughs> up to grand portage made it there in record time and we did you know manage to give ourselves some wiggle room but essentially how my day had gone was i was like okay three o'clock is still a time to go three o'clock is still a good time to go and then at about oh uh, i want to say it was even 150 i started getting messages from a couple people um asking if I could live stream the finish line for WTIP because they couldn't get their team up there in time. I was like, well, I'm not up there yet, but we still have time, right? And then I refreshed the page and suddenly it was changed to like 3.15. And I realized that the times have been off, at least on, on Monday, even the times were a little bit off on when they were expecting people. It was mm -hmm. bumped a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, the estimated first in at Trail Center, I think, was like 1230. And Ryan Anderson got there at 1120. So, I mean, an hour even. So I was like, we got to go because clearly the tracking is a little fudgy this year. And we'll also get into that later because that played a big role in how our evening went. <laughs> and yeah, we got up there. We managed to catch Keith Eiley winning the John Bear Grease Sled Dog Marathon coming in at exactly 
2.59 and 22 seconds. So okay. uh, two o'clock. Like, exactly. Yeah. Pretty if much. he had like 38 more seconds, it would have been exactly three o'clock that he arrived as opposed to last year where Ryan Anderson's finish time was 4.30. It was yeah, like, I was gonna hold say, on, was, I have... Oh, no. we got out there, the person went through, and then I swear it was dark super soon, and we had a lot mm -hmm. of daylight this time. Oh, went, yeah. I think we saw nice. three teams finish with daylight. I, I mean, keep, four. Four. Four, because... Oh, yeah, you're right. So, the, okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. But, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, last year we definitely had, like, one team cross in daylight. Yeah. And then, you know, sunsets at, like, 420, so... Um, Ryan Anderson finished last year at 426. So literally right after sunset, but we still had like that twilight light. So it still yeah. looks light, but it was definitely very close to nighttime. The next person crossed an hour later. So, uh, Wade Mars was second place last year. So I'm talking about last year now, uh, after Ryan Anderson crossed at 430, we didn't get another person crossing until 530. There was an entire hour between the first place finisher and the second place finisher. This year was much more exciting. Oh my God. This year was like mayhem. <laughs> we, we've never had so many people back to back to back to back. Like we were never inside the lodge. For very long. Very long. And so after uh, Keith Eiley crossed last year's winner and this year's second place winner was Ryan Anderson and he came in at 307. So seven, eight minutes apart. I'm not I'm not looking at the seconds. I'm not gonna do that math, but seven to eight minutes apart, less than 10 minutes. We saw Keith finish. They did this whole ceremony. They gave his dog the I don't even know what's that what that's called. It's like when you when your horse wins a race and yeah. they get that flower thing. Mm -hmm. The dogs get their little sashy thing. It was really it's cute. So cute. It, it was, was very cute. So cute. <laughs> The dogs, I don't, they don't even know. They're so proud of themselves. They're so excited. I love how when they finish, the whole team comes over and just gushes the dogs with so much love. Mm -hmm. And like they give them food. It's just so flipping adorable. The musher goes around and pets each one and calls my name and tells them they did a good job. I mean, it's, it's, it's so cute. So it's, it's, as, as a dog lover, that's what I live for in life. But that had just like happened. And they took all the pictures. And I think Keith was even still doing like the media stuff when yeah. Ryan comes rolling in. So it was very quick. That's not even the closest set no. of people. <laughs> oh my gosh, it gets even more exciting. Then we had a bit of a gap. We did go inside. We did sit down. We kind of, I, I don't even think we got food. There wasn't quite that much yeah. time. Not at that point. But at 3.41 p.m., so roughly 35 minutes after Ryan Anderson came in, Sarah Kiefer, place number three. And let's see, I, I, I have both 2022 and 2023 open here because Sarah Kiefer did race last year. And last year she came in at 7.38. Yeah, that's the four hours. It's so crazy. That's that just speaks on how they really need ideal weather conditions. Another and the warm yeah. warmness does not work out for them. Last year was warm, if you recall. It was definitely too warm for the dogs. In fact, it was so warm for the dogs that out of 24 teams that entered the rate the, the full marathon, 
Only 10 finished. So not even, I mean, not even half finished last year. Does it say where most of them scratched? Um, most of them scratched at either Trail Center or Skyport. One person, uh, Jennifer Frecking, scratched at Mineral Center. Mary Manning, as we know, scratched at Sawbill. Actually, I don't even think she reached Sawbill. And then John Fisher scratched in Finland. But almost everybody else was like Trail Center, Skyport. And of course, the big reason for that is because that first day it was very cold. The second day it did get a little bit, or I'm sorry, it was very warm. And the second day it did get colder. But at that point, you're, yeah. if you are you can't, you know, there's, there's bed inspections. And you have to have at least six dogs to race. If you don't have six dogs anymore, you have to scratch. You don't have a choice. And I'm sure some teams also scratched because they realized the conditions weren't good. Maybe they were training for other races like the Adidarod or, uh, you know, I don't know what other races there are. But, you know, it, it's... Just you have to take care of your dogs first and foremost. So a lot of teams scratched because of that. This year, there were only 17 teams that registered. And we have... Such a huge change. Yeah, it, it's, it's you know... That's crazy. That's like... Seven fewer teams. Wow. 24 to 17. Yeah, I did that math, right? I can math. <laughs> <laughs> I can math, just not that <laughs> Um, And this year... They have three teams scratched, and I have a question about one of them because, or actually two of them, I could have sworn that Daniel Klein and Mary Manning finished, but apparently they, they didn't. I didn't see either of them. The other timesheet has Mary Manning uh, finishing at the finish line at 2.35 a.m., or maybe she did. I don't know. We were there at Grand Portage until about 7 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, 7, 7.30. Yeah, because I got here at like 8. Yeah. About an hour yep, so 7 o'clock. And there were still a few more teams left, but there was a big gap, and we didn't really, you know, we needed to get home, and we needed to get some stuff done. So we did not stay for everybody. I do know that Mary Manning was getting into Mineral Center just as, like, Keith Eiley was finishing. Yeah. And so she, had, she still had, like, a four-hour mandatory rest and a few other, you know, vet checks and things that she had to go through. I don't know what happened there, but officially on the 2023 marathon timing sheet, she is marched, marked as scratched along with Daniel Klein and Martin must, yeah, no, not even going to try that last name because <laughs> I'm not great with last names. But out of the <laughs> 17 teams that raced, only three scratched this year. So 14 last year, three this year. And that means that 14 teams finished the race and all with really great timing. You know, first place, second place, we're about 10 minutes apart. Third place came in 35. What did I say? I'm not. Okay. 35 you heard me earlier. Then came the fun part. And this was, I don't know. I, we, so before we go on, it was insane. Let's talk about the trackers. The trackers. <laughs> So basically what happened was after Sarah Kiefer finished at at like 3.41, I looked at the tracker and I was like, we have an hour. That's what I'm going to guess based on where um, five and six, which are which were Matthew Schmidt and Nick Vigilante, they were kind of flip flopping a little bit. And I couldn't tell which one was going to cross first uh, because the, the trackers were just not functioning right. Either they weren't updating or they were putting people in weird places. Uh, at one point, it showed that Colleen Wallen was like way up 
basically up uh, like a mountain and nowhere near the track. Mm-hmm. She was way out there. So, like somewhere you couldn't even physically get to with a dog sled team was where her tracker was saying she was. Um, another thing was even at the finish line with the winners, we didn't know who was going to win. Last yeah. year, we knew it was Ryan Anderson. We knew mm-hmm. he had a good hour lead on everybody else. And we knew it was going to be him crossing that finish line. But because of the tracking issue, it actually showed just before the finish that Ryan Anderson had taken the lead mm-hmm. and that Keith was behind him. But at you know standing at the finish line, kind of hearing conversation, everybody expected the person to cross first to be Keith. Uh, that's what people further up on the trail had been reporting. But Keith's, uh, I believe his wife, maybe other family members, I couldn't really tell, but a couple of his family members they were like, oh, you can go out there and, you know, when he comes in, you greet him, you give him a hug and everything. But they were like, oh, we don't want to go out there because what if it ends up being Ryan that crosses first? Mm-hmm. It'd be really weird to have Keith's yeah. family there yeah. um, greeting Ryan. So <laughs> they stood back until he came around the corner. They're like, okay, that's definitely him. And they ran out there. But yeah, we didn't we didn't know. And we also had to largely guess where people were and who was coming in. So after the Sarah Kiefer crossing, uh, I really legitimately thought we had an hour. So we went inside, we decided to grab some drinks and just kind of relax. But another thing that was different from this year to last year was they didn't have the door to the bar open. So you yeah. couldn't see the people in the lobby. And there's no windows in there. So you can't even just like look out look the outside. windows to see when people are starting to like congregate around the finish line. So we just kind of had to go back and forth and guess. So at one point I was like, you know what? I'm going to go peek. And I saw people booking it outside. We were not the only ones struggling with the tracking. <laughs> and sure enough, I think I texted you like you need to come now. And I ran outside right as Matt Schmidt crossed. Yep. I have a video of that, which I'll, you know, we're going to get some stuff up on TikTok here again at Stacey VR is where you can find all these TikToks. So Matt Schmidt crossed only like 25 minutes, 24 minutes after Sarah Kiefer. So the tracker showed us we had a solid hour when we had exactly 24 minutes (laughs) The tracker also didn't show us what was coming up next, which ended up being what Martha was saying, the most exciting little portion of this race. There was a couple other ones, but, you know, the the finish line, the first and second place was amazing. But fourth, fifth and sixth was really where the excitement was at. So in fourth place was Matthew Schmidt at 4.05 and 29 seconds, followed by Nick Vigilante in fifth place at 4.06 and 18 seconds, less than a minute later. (laughs) And I was at, you know, I I actually managed to catch a spot right at the top of the run. So right at the finish line. Yeah, people really cleared out after After the the first first two. Like, yeah. First three. Yeah, Yeah, the first three came in and then we had like, we could literally just choose where we wanted to like set up shop. And I don't even think last year we got that, that good of, spots like at the end right when they were coming in yeah and 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 what was really fun about matt coming in so matt's local he's from grimmery or maybe from hopeland he's from cook county matt's from cook county uh he's got a young daughter and the cutest thing he crossed the finish line and then right to my left i hear 
daddy, daddy, daddy. And he turns around and he just scoops her up, gives her a big hug. And he's doing his whole like saying good job to all the dogs while holding his daughter. I think he got about two dogs in and then they were like, incoming and he had to quickly like run down and move his team a little bit uh further up and off to the side because when nick vigilante's team came in they just mm -hmm. came right in and for a good couple of minutes those two teams were there side They're, by side yeah. together you know they were doing their the photos and the press routine and everything and then matt put his daughter into the sled and rode off to wherever they ride off to after the race is over. <laughs> and then within, let's see here, exactly three minutes and one second later comes Jesse Terry in sixth place. And that one, I don't think people were expecting. I think no, they knew they yep, that Matt and Nick were close together, but Jesse's tracker was way further out nick and matt had both like literally just seconds before it cleared out yep. and people were no starting was even to move ready, like to no nobody clue. had like turned back that way to like get the photos or anything like everybody was scrambling to like get get the photos get jesse yes because they were just it was insane how back to back they were wow it, i and i had no clue i looked up and there was another team and i remember even thinking like who the heck is this like, no idea that there was another team coming in so quickly. So within a matter of four minutes, three teams, teams. crossed. Yeah. And we still didn't get a break. We still didn't get a break because Kat then crossed in seventh place at 4.36 p.m. So at this point, we have seven teams that crossed around the same time that the first place finisher crossed in 2022 so last year so again the weather and people thought she was closer because they then cleared out yeah and we thought she was coming like right around the corner and then it was like a another was it 10 minutes 20 minutes yeah they were before like before she actually came through they were they were having jesse clear out so that cat could come in and everybody was like oh cat's right around the corner cat will be here soon cat's coming and then Kat didn't come, yeah. didn't come. We stayed out there because yeah. we we're like, we know she's coming around the corner soon. Yep. And sure enough, after, you know, about 20 minutes of wait, she did come around the corner. That Yeah, you're right. So after Kat crossed in seventh place, we finally had a break and it was about an hour and a half. So and we actually sat Arrow, down. Right? Yep, it was Arrow. And that was interesting, too, because, again, the trackers weren't working. We kind of had a guess. We had plenty of time to get out there with Arrow. And then there was another break of about 40 minutes. And that's when uh, Peter McClelland crossed. Mm -hmm. But going back really quickly, if you recall, in 2022, Arrow finished about five minutes behind his mom, his Colleen Wallen. And she waited at the finish line for him. And we had that great moment where they gave each other a hug. And there was the, we made a TikTok of it. Go check it out if you haven't seen it. And so we were kind of hoping maybe a similar... Yeah, I was hoping they'd be close yeah. again. They, and they were pretty close up until, a, yeah. up until Mineral Center. Yeah. They kind of got distanced apart. And they actually had a finisher in between them this year. And that was Peter McClellan. But between 5.58 p.m. and 6.37 p.m., we had a nice little tiny break. And then according to the trackers, we were supposed to have a very nice, at least 20, 30 minute break. Before and you came inside. 
So between air or after Peter and Arrow, it looked like Colleen was half an hour out. Yeah, at least twenty minutes, and that was yeah. not the truth. I actually had to run inside at that point with a child who had to go to the bathroom, and when I came back outside, my my daughter was actually standing in the lobby going, "Mommy, hurry! You missed somebody!" And I was like, "How? <laughs> That's not possible." Tracking there was, was nobody just not close. ideal this year. It was no. just impossible to try to get you. You pretty much just had to go outside and hope you were there in the the general time that it looked like they were going to come in because it was just impossible to track them this year. Yeah. And so we did miss Colleen Wallen crossing the finish line at 5.41 p.m. So four, not even the three minutes because 5.37 and 52 seconds to 5.41 and one second is tight between Peter and Colleen. I actually, I still was trying to figure out how you missed them because. I, I don't, I don't understand how it happened. We at spend all. at least two or three minutes taking pictures yeah, and petting the dogs. There, yeah. yeah. Actually, it's usually more like five minutes that they're in the run. I don't get it. <laughs> it, it was just like, I, I, I had to pee. I oh, went into that's the bathroom right. and I was in there and somebody said like, oh, Colleen this. And I was like, wait, what? I thought I had more time. And then I come out and you were at the table and I was like, apparently I missed Colleen coming through. I'm like, and you like, not only missed five her. five seconds, I had to go to the bathroom. You missed the like five minutes she was hanging out there. But I did get to see Colleen. Arrow was there. He had gotten out of his bib. He had, you know, must have put his team to bed and was back there to greet her crossing the finish line. Somehow he knew she was crossing. <laughs> we didn't. But I do have a funny kind of, uh, hold on, I got to open this website. I have a funny thing that if you look at the Bear Grease tracker, even now today, a day after the race ended, it still has Colleen as being just on like that cross between Highway 61 yeah. and the lake. Mm -hmm. She's still there. She's, according to the tracker, never finished. Also, Ryan Anderson is has never finished, according to the track tracker. Peter McClellan hasn't finished, according to the tracker. And Sarah Kiefer didn't finish. They're all just floating out here in, like, Never Never Land. It has number 11, who is Sarah Kiefer, being, like, just half a mile away from 61. It has number 15, which is Peter McClelland being just across Highway 61 on the not lake side. Right next to him, according to this, is Ryan Anderson. And then Colleen is hanging out in the like woods to the right of the lodge. <laughs> It's so weird. It's so she's way off course too again. Like she her yeah, tracker was a couple times. Her tracker was sending her all sorts of it places. Did that, um when we were up at Trail Center too, I like, where are you going? It almost makes you think like they got lost and you're like, there's no way. Yeah. Not her, because she's definitely done this race before and she knows the route, but you know, it, it just shows how kind of important the tracking is at that point because you can't you, you know, most people I guess apparently AT&T can. Most people oh, yeah, like us don't, don't have cell phone service up there. So if you have, I think, AT&T and T-Mobile, you will. But people aren't communicating in that between Mineral Center and the finish line to really figure out exactly where people are and roughly when they're going to cross. All of the estimates were off by like at least an hour, hour yeah. and a half mm -hmm. the whole time. It was like that on Monday. It was like that on Tuesday. We had to just try to figure it out. And for the most part, we did, but we missed a few. 
Uh, our big goal from yesterday was hoping for a bit of a repeat for, you know, 2022 with Arrow and Colleen maybe finishing close together. They did not. Arrow did beat Colleen this year. So I, I, I wanted to ask, actually it was Arrow because Arrow was standing right next to me at one point. I want to be like, how does it feel to beat your mom this year? But I, he was busy interviewing with other people, so I didn't. But do curious, like I, I'm curious how they feel about that. Like if they're competing with each other, did if they're he get not. The, last year, didn't he have the young ones? Oh, that's right. I he had the puppies. To, yeah, I wanted to f- see if maybe did they switch teams this year, Ooh. or are the young ones catching up? See, they do so. They give you so much information on the mushers. You don't get a whole lot of information on the dogs. Yeah, and this is actually a great segue into a story yeah, what was that oh. I, I saw that this morning yeah so let me pull up the story really quick there was an article on wdio this morning that i shared on the i think i shared on the cascade Cascades. vacation rentals yep. um facebook page uh but there was a an accident involving the reddington training uh, sled dog training facility where a i feel like i know yep a snowmobiler yeah. driving very recklessly. I remember that. Yep. I didn't know that was them. Mm-hmm. And I, <clears throat> and Ryan Reddington was actually in the accident and it was, it was a hit and run and it happened on January 10th, 2022. So just a little bit over a year ago, uh, Ryan Reddington and his team that he was training at the time were in a hit and run snowmobile accident Basically, he was in Bayfield County and said it was running his sled dogs on like what's called the Tri-County Corridor. When the snowmobiles drove by, one of the snowmobiles swerved at him and his team on the trail and hit at least one of the dogs. I mean, dogs are are resilient. Yeah. But when they get injured, it's a very hard recovery back to recovering. Like I had a dog who was hit by a car and she still doesn't quite walk right. She runs great, but I don't think she could ever be a sled dog. Even if she had been trained as a sled dog before, I don't think she would have, like, her back leg still bothers her every now and then. She still has some issues, like a limp with that. But apparently this dog, Wildfire, did recover, healed, and was actually racing in John Bear Grace this year. Uh, not on Ryan Reddington's team, because Ryan did not race this year. He was on Sarah Kiefer's team, who, as you know, took third place. So a dog that had had its leg broken in three different places on January 10th, 2022, ran a 300-mile marathon just over a year later. Like, it's it's amazing. And the vet that uh, helped fix up wildfire, Dr. Hadley, unfortunately, I don't have their first name or what vet clinic they worked at, but was there at the finish line. And everybody, Ryan, Sarah, the doctor... They all agreed that it was pretty much as close to a miracle that you could get that that dog raced again. And I just so happened to get like the best shot of that dog. He kept it's, looking over at me. Oh, you have Dr. Head- Heather Hadley of Mission Animal Hospital. If you're looking for a doctor. If you're looking for a vet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, they're just animal doctors. They're more than doctors. Yeah. So congratulations. That was kind of a a big story that I didn't even realize was happening until the next day when I saw that article. I'm like, oh man, I wish I'd known because I would have made a point to get a picture of that dog. And 
everything. And then I went through my photos and sure enough, it was the dog that I jokingly said was flirting with me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like standing kind of behind and off to the side and he kept looking over his shoulder and I swear this dog winked at me like twice. I was like, oh, that's funny. And even whoever was standing next to me at the time, I don't think it was you, was like, yeah, I saw that. That was funny. And I'm like, oh, I think I have a new doggy best friend. And now I know that dog's name. It's Wildfire. I had a reference to the picture from the news article in WDIO versus the pictures I had in the timeline. And sure enough, that was that dog. And oh, my, what a sweet dog. Did they ever catch the person who did it? I did not hear a follow up of that. Um, yeah, it, it very I well. hearing so much about it and then it just kind of. Yeah, it's one of those things where they may have and it just didn't become news. Like it was news when it first happened, but it wasn't news by the time they caught the person. It's kind of rough in like rural areas to get good coverage on stories like that. Mm -hmm. That, you know, the accident probably was in numerous different news stations, but maybe the, the aftermath was not. So if anybody knows, let us know. But the good news is Wildfire is running again. And is now a third place dog for the 2023 John Bear Grease Sled Dog Marathon. And that's basically how we wrapped up our time at John Bear Grease. We did have more finishers, of course, that came in after that. I'm just going to read them off very quickly here just to recognize these amazing teams who... I mean, like, I, I I, jokingly said I think I could do the 40. There's a 40-mile race, and my joke was I could probably do that one, but it would take me, like, two days. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, to just know that these teams, the musher, the dogs, they have been racing since, like, 10 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, all the way through their finishing time on Tuesday, sleeping outside in sub-zero temps, but it's, like, what these dogs live for. And they were all, even at the finish line, some of them were, like, I want to go. Can we go? Oh, yeah, Can we go? Why do we stop? Why do we stop? Mm-hmm. I want to keep going. Like, this is great. So after a Colleen Wallen came in 11th place, Jennifer Frecking, 12th place, Laura Neese, 13th place, Kristen McCarty, and 14th place, Andy Hirschap. Hirschap? Yeah, I suck with last names. <laughs> I am so sorry about that. I'm sorry, Andy. I just put your last name. And then again, we have scratched this race was Mary Manning, Daniel Klein, and Martin. Not going to even try that last name. That was how the race this year shaped up. It was very fun. Very exciting. exciting. (laughs) And we hope to bring you John Barry Grease Sled Dog Marathon 2024 next year. You will. Yeah, next year, hopefully, we will get a hotel. We have plans. Yes. We're we're actually going to do it this time. I feel like we said it last year. We're going to do that. And it just didn't happen. Last year, we said we were going to be in Duluth for the starting. That also did not happen. That got foiled because <laughs> of something I had to do that day, unfortunately. And then on Tuesday, we had the idea, like, let's get a room at Grand Portage. And too little, too late. Just be there all day. Nope. Yeah, we, they were booked. So if you want not to book surprising. a room, book early. We're going yeah. to look as soon as they open up and try to get ourselves a nice room this year, just so that we can be there around all of the action unfortunately for the the last place people yep stay up to cheer on that last person crossing at 2 35 a.m good job like right how do you like i feel like i would be just a zombie at that point going past the finish line i was shocked like honestly like we were in the restaurant having we were in the grand portage restaurant having dinner 
and Ryan Anderson sitting in the booth behind me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man. I saw, was it Jesse? Jesse came back and watched a couple um, other people finish. Wow. Yeah, I, a lot of them were actually at the finish cheering yeah. on other teams. And I mean, they all, a lot of them work together. A lot of them train in the same places. Mm-hmm. A lot of the dogs are from the same kennels. So this is a tight community, but... Man, if if I had just done a 300 mile race that took me over two days to finish, I'd be and I'd done been so. sleeping outside. Be <laughs> yeah, I'd be taking a really, really hot bath. Yes. And then sleeping for like 12 hours. But I guess also at the same time, this is a really fun, exciting event. The finish line tends to be fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. So I guess they and they also, you know, their friends were there, their family was there. So they wanted to hang out and experience the rest of it. I'm sure they all slept great that night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe they're still asleep right now. Who knows? But great job, teams. It was so much fun this year. Good job, everybody. It was quite the accomplishment. We had so much fun. My kids got to see a lot of it this year. Really, really fun. And it was less crowded. It was a lot less crowded this year, which surprised me. So, like, getting a good spot was easy. Navigating through everybody was easy. It was just, it was a good year. It was a good year. So don't be afraid to come up and spend some time up in Grand Portage and experience the finish line because it really is a fun and just exciting. And, I mean, again, I just love the dogs with how happy they are and eating their frozen fish at the end or their chicken thighs like they're they you know a lot of them get fed right when they finish Mm -hmm. it was just very cute and yeah we had fun this is one of my favorite like events on the north shore it's just Mm -hmm. so different and unique and just again fun so thank you for tuning in i'm jay i'm martha this is exploring the north shore and this has been the 2023 john bear grease sled dog marathon congratulations to the winner keith Eileen.